the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, May the 6th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On May 6, 1937, the hydrogen-filled German airship Hindenburg caught fire, crashed, while it was attempting to dock at Lakehurst, New Jersey. 35 of the 97 people on board were killed. One of the crewmen on the ground was killed as well. Today in 1935, the Works Progress Administration, WPA, began operating under an executive order signed by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Today in 1941, Joseph Stalin assumed the uh, leadership of the Soviet group, Soviet Union. Comedian Bob Hope, also today in 1941, did his first USO show before an audience of uh, servicemen. It was broadcast on his radio program live from March Field in Riverside, California. He would go on to uh, to serve the military for years of his life. In fact, I heard him say um, several times, in fact, that that was what he considered to be the most important thing that he had ever done in his life was to entertain our troops in various places around the world. He traveled overseas, as you know, and did that. He was a really good guy. I just digress for a moment, but I I didn't know him, but he lived in Toluca Lake, not far from the church that I served in in North Hollywood. And he was uh, a Catholic, and he was a member of the Catholic church there in North Hollywood. In fact, he built the church so his daughter could get married in it. They had an old church before that. But um, nonetheless, uh, we would do plays and skits and things in the church. It was a, our church was a, a large church. And some of the kids knew him or knew the family or something. And um, we were needing some vines and some greenery and one thing or another for this one of the things that our youth group was doing. And uh, so they said, well, we'll go cut some from Bob's hedge. And I said, oh, that's great. And I, I mean, I, Bob, you know, sure. And a little later, I <laughs> slow Gary figured out they were talking about Bob Hope's hedge. And I said, man, are, are you sure you kids should be doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, we do that all the time. He doesn't care. We just trim it so it doesn't show that we cut out from his hedge. I checked into it a little, and that was true. He really didn't care. He said, well, if it helps the kids, that's I'm all in. Cut my hedge. And they did. But... I think that was a reflection of apparently the kind of person that he was. As I said, I never met him. I did not know him, but we all knew him through what he did. Today, in 1942, during World War II, about 15,000 American and Filipino troops on Corregidor Island, they surrendered to Japanese forces. That was one of the lowlights, truly, in World War II, the way the American and Filipino troops were treated after their capture. Today, in 1954, medical student Roger Bannister, he broke the four-minute mile during a track meet in Oxford, England. 
3 minutes, 59.4 seconds, he ran the mile. Today in 1994, former Arkansas state worker Paula Jones, she filed suit against President Bill Clinton. She alleged that he had sexually harassed her in 1991. Apparently, he agreed because she reached a settlement, a financial settlement with Clinton in November of 1998. Today in 2010, a computerized sell order triggered a flash crash on Wall Street sending the Dow Jones Industrials to a loss of nearly 1,000 points in less than a half hour. To say that disrupted the financial uh, flow in America would be an understatement. Ten years ago today, Vice President Joe Biden, Vice President Joe Biden, told NBC Meet the Press, he said, I'm absolutely comfortable with gay couples who marry getting the same civil rights and liberties as the heterosexual couples. And that began a floodgate. The the wall, the dam broke at that point because he had convinced Barack Obama to do the same. Barack Obama, I think, had already convinced himself, but Joe Biden took credit for persuading the president to open the floodgate, redefine marriage in the minds of the perverts, and um, change it forever. The Bible's very clear on marriage. I mean, it's so abundantly clear, even people like me can understand it. Honor marriage, God says. Honoring marriage is not redefining it from what he, God himself, the creator of all things, created. Male and female. We are to get married and have children. And we are to honor marriage. I get that. I think most anyone who would look at the truth of the matter would get that. But we've turned our backs, we've turned our eyes away from the truth. And we're looking into the deep corners of darkness, coming up with a lot of things that is not pleasing to God. There are people out there trying to turn some of these policies and some of these trends and behaviors in our society. There are many of them, in fact, perhaps not a majority, but a growing number of them in political office. One year ago today, Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, he's one of them, he signed a 48-page elections bill that would guard against fraud and vote harvesting. He signed a lot of other bills, as you know. He's taken on Disney, and he's really brought Disney Corporation to their knee because what they're doing, he said, he will not support as governor. God bless him for that. And Disney is feeling the pinch. I think it was $43 million they lost in value in the first month. I don't think Ron DeSantis is trying to harm Disney. He's trying to help families and not have their kids, little kids, exposed to the kind of thing that Disney is now putting out. Once a family-oriented organization, not so much anymore. In fact, not at all. Baseball Hall of Famer Willie Mays. Remember him for you baseball fans? He's the guy that caught the the fly ball over his shoulder, looking back, running away from the ball, caught it. Yeah, right at the fence. That's Willie Mays. He's 91 years old today. Happy birthday, Willie, wherever you may be. The World Health Organization Director General Tedros, he's talking about what's going on here in America, of course. A lot of people are. He's speaking out about 
abortion. He's in favor of abortion. He's the World Health Organization, United Nations type guy. He's a globalist. He's warning that restricting access to the procedure of abortion. Have you ever noticed how the left tries to avoid using the word abortion? They've labeled that as a trigger for people like you and me, that it will make us start talking and get us, you know, focused on what they're doing. So they call it women's health care. They call it a procedure. They call it a lot of things, but they rarely use the word abortion sometimes, but not not often. They try to avoid it at all costs. Well, he was doing that as well when he was talking to the press, although he did mention it at one point during the course of events that he was talking about. But he said the... Um, he said he was in favor of the procedure because it drives women and girls towards unsafe ones if they do not have access to the procedure. He took to social media to make his feelings known. He said that um, he talked about the landmark ruling that legislated abortion nationwide, how it could soon be overturned. He, of course, is opposing that. He does not want abortion to be overturned in America. But his globalist organization, including included comprehensive abortion care, one of the lists of his essential health care services that he released just a few months ago. It's describing it as a simple and common health care procedure. It's interesting, and I only make this observation because there's a glaring contradiction here in my mind. Tedros calls himself a Christian. He's a self-described Christian. How he, again, how he and others in America who also claim to be Christian can take a public stand and use the authority that they have, and this guy has some authority, he's the head of the World Health Organization, I mean, he's got influence. China actually put him in his office, I mean, they did, that's a whole story, but I know the story, we won't get into that today, but how Christians here or abroad, can say, that, I mean, can claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, the, the one who said, I am the way, the truth, the life. I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. How can they claim to be followers of Jesus and his teaching and then support abortion and gay marriage, so-called, I don't know how that works. I will never come to an understanding of that other than that it is rebellion against God himself. How can we be walking in the light of God's word, in the truth of God's word, and yet be advocating for things that God himself says is contemptible? In the strongest way, God says, don't do that. It's an abomination. But we say, well... I believe the Bible, I love the Lord, but I'm going to tear that page out of my Bible. I'm not going to read that. I don't know how that works, but it does. And those are some of the ways, some of the things that are happening that bring us to where we are today in this world. Tedros, you say, are you sure about that, Gary? Are you sure he's a Christian? Yeah, he, well, he says he is. A couple of years ago on social media, he posted this. I'm quoting him. Tedros, head of WHO, who is now advocating worldwide from a globalistic pulpit. 
He's advocating that we protect and expand abortion. He said, I'm quoting him, Many fellow Christians were surprised when I said, Inshallah, and I meant it. Islam means peace, and that has been um, what I believe since childhood, although I am an Orthodox Christian. I had neighbors since childhood who were models of that Islam value. Let's not link the ideology of some radicals to present represent Islam. Islam is peace, and on and on he goes. But he says, quote, I am Orthodox Christian. I wonder what God says. I'm thinking from what I know of Scripture. I'm thinking I know what God says. Many will say that they have come in the name of the Lord, that they have done the works of God. And they will hear those horrible, horrible words. Depart from me. I never knew you. President Joe Biden's newly tapped press secretary, you know, Jen Psaki, the one that's there all the time, she's leaving. I understand she's going to work for MSNBC, not a surprise, but that's what she's going to do, make some money. She'll be paid a lot more there than she is as press secretary. But President Joe Biden has announced his new press secretary. I just mentioned this in passing, so you'll know about it. Corrine Jean-Pierre is her name. She's in a domestic partnership. They're not married, but they're domestically partnered. Um, She is a lesbian with another lesbian. The one she's partnered with is Suzanne Malveaux. She is a CNN anchor, a news person. They're living together in a domestic partnership, and they just adopted a child, I understand. How does that work? How does the press secretary for the United States, the president of the United States of America, be, uh, they don't claim to be married, but be domestically related, living with another lesbian who is a CNN anchor news person? That's how incestuous this has become. I'll tell you, it can get discouraging. And... um, I got a letter from someone. It reached my desk yesterday, but uh, it was written a couple of days ago. Please remove my, please remove me from your mailing list. I sent you scriptures concerning to be innocent of evil, and since I've decided not to listen to any anti-biblical and anti-God news of what is happening today, now I feel freedom and peace. At the same time, and I read all of your notes, regardless of what they say, even if they're not pleasant, most are. I mean, 99% of what we get is is positive stuff. But this note, right next to the one I just read, preach it, brother. Men are born again by the wonderful God, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. A brother in Christ says a generous donation. I know we have different views on whether whether Christians should be involved in the culture or not. I understand that, but I think to not be involved is to not be pleasing God in the sense of our walk with him. I believe God has called us to be salt and light. In fact, Jesus said, you are salt and light, not that we should become so. He said, you are. 
And to be salt and light, we've got to be in the culture. Light penetrates the darkness, of course, and salt retards the decay. And that gives you a picture of what God wants us to be. And how can we be cloistered away somewhere in a cave far away in a sense of innocence in the scriptures that this lady mentioned, with all due respect, that that's not what they mean. And, and again, that may be another discussion, but uh, it's talking about our personal lives and our behavior, not what you hear, because we must know what's going on in our world. Our political leaders have said from the founding of this nation and true biblical preachers and pastors today, they will say with one accord that an uninformed church is not what God wants. God wants us to be informed. He wants us to know what's going on and to look at it through his word with the idea in mind, always in the forefront of our mind, that God is in control. These people are not ultimately in control. They have power that's been vested in them in political offices and one thing and another, whether it's a globalist office or whether it's an office here in the United States, which I guess could be considered globalist by some that are in power now, but God is in control. And God is working his plan. And he has from before time, before the foundations of the world, before the foundations of time as we know it, Jesus Christ was assigned to become the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. God has a plan, and it's right on schedule. God is never late. He's never early. He doesn't hurry because he doesn't have to. He is Almighty God. And if we can just grasp that idea, that truth, everything changes. Everything. For those of you who are not asking me to take you off my list <laughs> and we do we did we do I, I understand that I don't agree with it not it not in a self-serving way forget us if we are gone tomorrow that's still not the right attitude toward all ministries that are talking about what's going on in our world today and if an, if a ministry isn't addressing the issues of the culture uh, from a biblical perspective must be a biblical perspective then they're missing I think the point that God wants for his church today. I believe that with all my heart. So to all of you who have not asked to be taken off the list, thank you. And thanks for your support. We need it. This is not an easy task to do what we do and meet the budget every month. And I want to thank those of you who stand with us regularly. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Changing direction this Sunday is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all of you out there who are mothers or going to be mothers, want to be mothers. Perhaps the greatest radio voice of all time once said, Mothers, important tasks await your babies. In the context of abortion and Roe v. Wade and Joe Biden's going to stop it, whatever it takes, and all of this nonsense, let's take a look at motherhood from a, just a human and a biblical perspective today. The man who said, Mother's important tasks await your babies, also said, so you're going to have a baby. <laughs> he said, I'm quoting him, You'll, you know him, 
A pair never beat a full house, they say. <laughs> have babies. Have a family. He's urging women to be mothers. Into such a world you are about to bring a baby next month, maybe, he said. You are not human if you have not wondered through each long night if it is right. I'll come back to that in just a moment, but a Republican candidate for the Senate says that her mother, who conceived her in rape, decided against abortion because important tasks await this child. This mother made the right choice. Many do. Some don't. Just two weeks before the Pennsylvania primary, it's a week from Tuesday now, GOP Senate candidate Kathy Barnett. She says she's alive today because her mother, who was only a preteen when she was raped, decided not to end the life in her womb. 11 years old. She was 11 years old. She said, I am a byproduct of rape. She's a veteran now, military veteran, has two children of her own. She's married. She's a believer in Jesus Christ. During the Republican primary debate this last Wednesday, she said, my mother was 11 years old when I was conceived. My father was 21. I was not just a lump of cells, as you can see. I'm still not just a lump of cells. My life has value. Barnett said that regardless of whether the premature release of the Supreme Court draft's decision was a leak or a tactical operation, she said, I'm pro-life because I believe life in the womb is just as important as life outside the womb, and it is life. My life is valuable, and so are the many lives that find themselves in the womb of their mother, whether in the womb or towards the end of that life. She told the audience, the life is valuable. She's running for the Senate against well-known Dr. Oz. We all know Dr. Oz, or we know who he is. She's running against him. She believes that he's not truly pro-life based on a number of his public statements prior to his running for public office. I looked into it. She's right. President Trump missed that one, former president. He endorsed Oz. He should not have done that, but he did. Many mothers make decisions during their pregnancy. On May 25, 1993, the Centralia Washington Chronicle published a commentary. Now, it may have been published other places. I looked into this. I don't have the permission to republish that, but I do have a general permission to talk about it on the air, and I want to do that today. In fact, I want to read it to you today. The commentary on May 25, 1993, published in the Centralia Washington Chronicle, was by Paul Harvey. Paul Harvey said this. He said, so you're going to have a baby. A pair never beat a full house, they say. Into such a world you are about to bring a baby. Next month, maybe. You are not human if you haven't wondered through each long night if it is right. Mothers have worried about that since a long time before you switch to low heels. You'll have to endure the mornings and the waiting and the dieting and the waiting and the wondering and the waiting alone. But in worrying, you have lots of company. When Nancy of Kentucky entered the Valley of the Shadow, what was there for her baby? The British were shooting at us in a prelude to war. A former candidate for president and member of the Senate was being tried for treason. Her husband was an illiterate, wandering laborer. 
But in the agony of poverty, war, and public scandal, Nancy Lincoln's baby was born. Suppose you had been Mary, a slave girl. To you in Diamond Grove, Missouri, in 1864, it would have seemed the whole mad world was aflame. Civil war matched the cruel weapons of Grant and Lee. Sherman was shooting and looting his way to the sea. Had Mary known that six weeks later she and her boy child would be kidnapped by night riders that she would never be heard from again, it would not have changed things. She still would have had her baby. For there were reasons George Washington Carver had to be. There were important reasons. We were at war with Mexico when tiny Tom Edison arrived in Ohio. The day he invented the electric light out in Indian Territory, two worried half-breed Cherokee Indians to whom a boy was born. His name was Will Rogers. In Minnesota, Edith was frightened, too. In 1898, the United States was barely struggling to its financial feet when the battleship Maine blew up and the Spanish-American War exploded with it. At the height of Edith's storm, a child was born, Charles Mayo of Rochester. It was, un- it was uncertain adventure for Harry and Catherine Crosby of Tacoma, Washington. Then, too, there was a war to be won, but more, there was a song to be sung. And Bing Crosby was born. Now, I'm going to digress from Paul Harvey's words here that I'm reading to you. Um, Bing was born in Tacoma. We all know that he was raised in Spokane. That's where he grew up. That's considered his hometown. But nonetheless, he was born in Tacoma. Many of you, probably some of you know that. I did not, to be honest with you. I continue back to Paul Harvey. That's what I'm trying to say. That is the whole of it. That there is an important job to do for a teacher, preacher, mechanic, for a barber, carpenter, doctor, or somebody to grub out the sewers. It's important. Even if there are wars. For it is the soul of man that has to be tried. An eternity is being populated. Each must test his wings alone until he flies. Then they take this small world from us and give us the skies. But we have to be here first. That's why what you are about to do is so important, Mother. For each woman there is a personal garden of Gethsemane. She goes there for strength. I have not tried to tell you it is easy, only that it's terribly important. None holding our hand can erase the terror born of the lateness of the hour and the stories of old women, always old ones, often childless. Impatient, tired, you will, of course, be worried. Since long before Mary, mothers have been anxious for their offspring, but have borne them in stables and hidden them in bulrushes, have borne them unattended in bouncing in the bouncing bed of a Conestoga wagon racing to outdistance out savages, in unheeded frontier cabins, or just alone midst the antiseptic whiteness of great hospitals. Because it is important that they do it, it has ever been so. And women back into the garden again, barefoot over broken glass, humming a lullaby. Paul Harvey, The Chronicle, Centralia, Washington, May 25, 1993. 
Thank you for being with me today. Always a privilege, always a pleasure. Have a wonderful weekend. Mothers, be blessed. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.